Greetings and welcome. Welcome back to the latest edition of St. Dominic's Weekly. Today is November 6th, Monday, episode 9. My name is Father Isaiah, your host. Welcome back to the weekly, Father Michael. Glad to be here. So how, uh, how have your festivities from, um, from all saints and all souls, have you recovered? Are you still walking dead yourself? or? <laughs> There, there's kind of like a, you know, after Thanksgiving, there's that, what is it, tryptophan, which is in oh, Turkey, yeah. that kind of like causes a certain s- somnolence. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just well, say. There, same, thing, same thing with sugar. So last, last week on the pod, it was, we got into like a bonus section on, on favorite candies. And yeah, you, that's true. You expressed your love for candy. I, I, yeah. I knew there was someone who, who they, for whom they were making candy corn, and you turned out to be the person, which I was yeah, a great it, delight. And, and, and yet we put that out there. And, and what happened based, based on our, our all this talk about sugar sweetness? I know. It was just so funny. I just wanted to share you with this story. And with, uh, you know, and because like, in a very real way, I have empirical proof empirical proof now that people actually listen to their podcast so i mean so <laughs> you didn't believe the uh, the the itunes or the or the google play uh, stats that we've been getting i don't believe mario <laughs> no i think <laughs> yeah don't believe the producers never believe the showrunners but but um but i just wanted to tell you a story of the other day i was uh um a couple wanted to come in to uh to talk about just life and things like that and after the session they were like well as a thank you we got you this and they got me two gigantic boxes of of candy about about 50 bars of candy and they were like you better like trade and share this with father michael and um and then furthermore they were like yeah we wanted to get you some candy corn but they don't sell that kind of thing at costco so (laughs) (laughs) and i got another email from one of the young adults saying that he wants to donate me his ties so Well, look at that! The, the the power of the pod already. The power of the pod, and we're only on episode nine. <laughs> there so you go. There you are. And ended up with fifty candy. And I I had to say so that this week we we've uh, I've I've dipped into the into into the 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 candy of plenty, um, maybe once too too often. So it's 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 now it's on to on to uh, the the f- good thing Advent is around the corner and f- Advent good thing passed. Advent is around the corner. I mean, I I don't know about you, but I probably have to go back to confession to talk about Advent. <laughs> there we so, go. There you are. <laughs> So, <laughs> but no, th- thank you to all those uh, who listen. Certainly, um, I-, I wish we hadn't talked just about candy. We should have talked about like you know donations and things like that. Maybe we'll get you know something like <laughs> holy or something. Exactly. This is how you pray. <laughs> well, no, I, re- I, re- I remember when when uh, Father John Marie when we when I was in Benicia talked about um, a sermon about uh, honey nut Cheerios, which were the favorite breakfast at the uh, time for the community. Yeah. And someone from General Mills literally was in the congregation, oh, no. and so I know where se- this is going. Sent to us a like a lifetime supply not that but a year supply let's call it you know huge crates of pa- of of, uh, of pallets of these of pallets of honey nut honey cheerios. nut cheerios so the next week he got up and, and talked about how much he, he loved uh wine but we didn't <laughs> <laughs> especially certain vintages up in the wine country so spaciani exactly and and didn't and have the same either. quite effect but uh but but the honey nut cheerio so you got to be careful about what what pr- products you you uh you you preach or ask for you may you have to be careful you may get it well what about if we just start asking for like warriors tickets there you or, go or, you know, <laughs> anyone, or, yeah. anyone who has hookups for for, <laughs> for sporting tickets we're here we're, <laughs> we're, here. we're available <laughs> so i mean so father michael we're uh, we're headed into deeper into the month of November, and uh, and this coming week, November seventh and eighth, those are particular and very interesting feasts for the order of preachers. And I wanted to talk about this this week. Yeah, no, exactly. We had last week, of course, uh, the celebration of All Saints, 
and All Souls that, that were connected to our Halloween special, and that idea that we are connected as a community of believers, like God's family, not only horizontally, that is, uh, through uh, that sense of, of space in terms of just the local church, the geographical uh, Bay Area church, all the way out to California and, and uh, around the world, but we're connected vertically, too, through, t- through um, that sense mm-hmm. of time, too. Those who have gone before us can inspire us, and we have a duty to pray for them. Our Dominican tradition values this idea of community and family yeah. to such an extent, as you know, Surely. that we have our own particular days to celebrate Dominican All Saints right. and all the souls of Dominicans uh, that have gone before us. And so whereas the first and second are the days for the universal church, the Dominican order was one of the forerunners and the champions of, in a very special way, remembering all of their particular saints and souls. And right. so it's just, it's just very, very powerful to, to have these days. So, so this coming Tuesday is Dominican All Saints, mm-hmm. reserved for the saints of the order. And uh, Wednesday the 8th is for all of our faithful departed who are connected and, and part of the order of preachers. And, and this idea of the memory of those who have gone before us right. is um, rooted in the very life of St. Dominic. One, one of my very yeah. favorite stories uh-huh. of St. Dominic uh, comes at the end of his life. And it's, it's, oh, the last will and testament. You got it. Yeah, yeah the last, that last scene, the, um, the, death, the deathbed <laughs> scene, yeah. mm-hmm. where if you, you imagine it, uh, just to set the, set the scene for folks uh, who are listening, you have Dominic uh, within five years of founding this, this, this order of preachers, and he's founded not just um, fellow friars to preach in southern France, and we're probably familiar with the story that the Dominicans were founded particularly to preach to the Albigensians, this group that were spiritual but not religious in, in southern France, and yet Dominic didn't just see this as a particular uh, kind of uh, preaching, but saw that the preaching needed to come forth from a kind of cultural, if you mm-hmm. almost a family context. Truly. And so he enlists the help of um, all the, if you will, uh, potential branches of Catholic life. So he begins actually yeah. uh, by setting uh, aside or, or calling forth women. Uh, who, uh, who, yeah. who end up being the, the Dominican nuns yeah. to, to pray and to educate. In fact, even before the, the friars, the, the, the brothers are, are gathered, he gathers women. He knows that if you want to change culture, yeah. you got to start with women, right? Go through mom. Go through mom. Through moms and spiritual motherhood. Yeah. And then from that, then you have uh, the friars, of course, and both mm-hmm. both men who are ordained to the priesthood, but also brothers. And right. Here at St. Dominic's, yeah. uh, Brother Daniel, Brother Michael James, we continue to have, yeah. uh, if you will, lay brothers, but brothers who have a particular right. vocation to the life. St. Martin de Porres, who we just celebrate on November 3rd. Exactly, yeah. exactly, who are dedicated to the life and show us that witness that the life itself, the religious life of the Order of Preachers, is worth living in as kind of a living witness. So yeah. both of those. And then you have um, religious sisters that, that are uh, active sisters right. who, uh, like the friars, will wear distinctive garb but have traditionally been involved in education and in right. community service and mm-hmm. so forth. And so there are very province uh, connected with both the Spanish uh, friars but also uh, women uh, religious right. uh, mm-hmm. who, who came here and were, um, in fact, uh, the, the daughter of General Vallejo, for whom, um, uh, yeah. yeah, for whom the, the San Francisco is named and Benicia is named, yeah. uh, indeed was one of the very first Dominican sisters here on the West Coast. So it was really cool. Anyway, so back to Dominic, that idea of the, the, the order, not just starting um, 
just a group of men to preach, but a, a family context in which the preaching could be sustained and thrive. And very quickly then, uh, the order kind of found, um, uh, if you will, a, a niche following, a few followers. But uh, the idea was like St. Francis, that in order for uh, the order to really get going, you'd have to have the founder kind of doing all the heavy lifting. Right. Well, before the, the order could really get going in, in, in a kind of a full way, Dominic is on his deathbed. Right. And those yeah. those first followers are beside themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're like... It's only c- been five years since the yeah. approval of the order. Exactly. So what are we going to do now? Exactly. Yeah. Like, if you go, we may be done, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the very mission in that project of an order of preachers existing without mm-hmm. the physical presence of their founder certainly cast them out into doubt. And not just a kind of sympathy for um, his own suffering and his death, but thinking almost like, what are we, what are we going to do? Yeah. And on his deathbed, then he gives this, as we call it, the final will and testament, a kind of encouragement uh, to live the life and embrace the life in terms of charity and poverty. But his very last words are, as communicated to us, are, don't weep for me. You think all the echoes of Christ carrying his cross, right? (laughs) Don't weep for me. I will be of more use to you, talking to the brothers, once I am gone than I've been to you in life. Exactly. And that's that great promise. The great promise is that Dominic saw his connection uh, to the brothers, not just in his physical presence, Mm -hmm. but in his power to be connected to Christ Jesus. And as he was going, every expectation, hope of entering into his heavenly reward, he would be of more use. He'd be closer to the source of that life. He would be more deeply connected in that heavenly homeland and to be of use to the mission of the order of preachers and the men and women who continued that mission, then he would be in heaven, then he could be there. And so his promise was that he would continue to assist and aid us. And because of that, throughout the centuries, uh, we as Dominicans have always had a heightened awareness of both praying to our saints, those shining examples of those who have brought the luminescence of Christ, the light of Christ alive, but also praying for those who have gone before us in a particular way. So there was a, a little uh, story that before I was at Enter the Order, actually, uh, actually Father Fabian was, was telling me, and I know you have ah, a story Father about Fabian Father, Father sure. Fabian, who was uh, one of the graviori when we were going through uh, studies together at St. Albert's. He said, you know, there, there are different kind of uh, jokes that religious will tell amongst the group, the Franciscans, Precisely. the Jesuits and things. Uh, but he said, you know, th- there's an idea that if you, if you enter into religious life, the, um, the Benedictines have a very a rich, formative novitiate and early formation because you're learning the kind of disciplines of leading a monastic, solitary life. So there's a deep interior life that's often cultivated by Benedictines. So when you enter religious life, you want to be a Benedict. You want to enter as a Benedictine. Yeah. He then said that it, it then talks about if you want to live, you want to live like a Franciscan. They have a kind of radical poverty, which gives that shining witness. There's a reason why St. Francis is charismatic personality really kind of continues on even to this day so you want to kind of live like a franciscan but if when you die you want to die as a dominican (laughs) because because the dominicans unlike any other religious order (laughs) right right remember our departed uh deceased have connection to them and for this reason unlike any other religious order i'm aware of literally we pray for our deceased on the anniversary of their death all year round yeah i mean that's what is truly beautiful, one of the things I truly find beautiful about the order is the fact that, in a sense, you can say that uh, the order of preachers has a 
dare you say, a devotion yes. to those who have gone before us. Oh, indeed, yeah. yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm, I was wondering if you can talk about like a, um, every night uh, before we enter dinner, we have... We just simply call it the Day Pro line. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. But can you talk about that? For yeah, so, so the Day Pro comes from that Day Profundis. It comes from the um, the Psalm out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Mm-hmm. But it's a remembrance for those who have gone before us. And the tradition was when St. Dominic passed away, he asked to be f- buried literally under the feet of the brethren. Yeah. And so the idea was um, in the in the the kind of the cloister where you would you would walk and and for practically you would line up for prayers and for dinner and for other recreational events as a community you'd be literally standing on yeah. <laughs> the, the graves of those who go before you so the whole community when when you got to get to his community you do it all together and so you come to where where the, where the boys are buried yeah, exactly <laughs> and yeah. so every night we gather now now literally obviously we we can't we don't bury um, underneath uh, the the feet of the brethren in our in our, in our priories and our, our cloisters but we do still have that tradition of, of gathering mm-hmm. in cloister or in, uh, in if you will that that the walkway to, in order to pray for our deceased and we have a, a booklet uh, which has the anniversary of the day of death of everyone who has died in our particular province mm-hmm. and we remember and them. those who have actually worked in the province and then, yeah even way. even mm-hmm. from other provinces who have worked in the province labor here in the in the west coast and it's interesting because when you, you you'll remember uh, someone and invariably uh, there'll be a, a, a friar, perhaps uh, some of our uh, more senior friars who will remember living with such and such brother, and they'll begin to tell stories. Yeah. It makes mm-hmm. for great dinner conversation. It does. So yeah. uh, you know, oh yeah, fri- that guy. Fr- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> friars I've never met. I know rich, kind of colorful stories in all their yes. ways because of that tradition of, of handing. That's like being part of a family where you yeah. you know. Uncle Uncle John and, yeah. and Aunt Lucy and I, you, yeah, get, you exactly. get these stories that are handed down. And so through that sense of prayer, we know all the, the, the good, the bad, and the right. ugly kind of thing. Yeah, those those exactly. family stories that yeah. have been handed down through the prayers of yeah. them. And, and even now, um, there's a very uh, unique way, even for Dominicans on the West Coast, I'm not aware of any other active religious group. So this is not Benedictines who, who make a, the vow of stability. The, this would be common for them. But I'm not aware of any other active living uh, group, religious uh, men's group, that has the tradition of of everyone being buried in the same place like we do here in the West Coast. The Western Dominican province is the only, I'll say it again, I think it's as far as I know, the only religious, male religious group in the whole world that's an active group that spans we've mm-hmm. got from Mexicali and down in the south all the way through Alaska missions west of the Mississippi Salt Lake City all the way to the coastline right indeed yeah. but we're buried in one place, one place. the final assignment the final final assignment in, in Venetia the, the in 1854 the capital of California and we're all buried in, the, in that common cemetery yeah. up there so that when we gather together when we yeah. come for assemblies uh, every uh, so often years, every yeah. four years or, or if there's a if there's a fraternal extraordinary assembly like there was uh, for our 800th anniversary two years ago we all gather in the cemetery and there we are that's you know roughly 150 guys yeah in the seminary all the brethren and who are we surrounded by but, but literally everyone who's ever lived yeah in the, the province and present and in a sense the future with the, those information exactly yeah the entire <laughs> province the entire history of the province is there exactly so i, I yeah. walk to a certain area general area of the lawn right. and say here's uh-huh. where i'll be exactly yeah <laughs> i don't know if you i don't know have you scouted out your your final resting place i haven't yet? done that but what i have <laughs> done which is you know can't be judged macabre by other people is <laughs> yeah. that i find father clia because he was my first he was oh, my first yeah, burial yeah your first and burial so I just, yeah so for me it's like okay so from 2002 to 2017 these are all the men that i knew more or yeah. less who that have been 
that I've been in the last phase of their own formation. So, and um, kind of a, a whether it be Father Tom Craft or Brother Romero or even our beloved Father Felix here, yeah, you know, at St. Dominic. So, no, that's so, interesting because I I, yeah. I, I, I like my like you, Father Jerry Eller was my oh, was, Father Jerry, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. he was I, we were we were novices uh, when he passed uh-huh. away, and so we we had to uh, you know. Um, have custody of his room, but I, I'll never forget. I was I was a novice mm-hmm. that year, um, and so the first time I had to get up in, in front of the whole community and read, and um, as a novice, yeah, that must be terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> no, as as as, as an office of reading, you know, at the time it's like six fifteen or six thirty in the yeah. morning. You're kind of like a little bleary eyed. You get up at that time with all the seniors at St. Albert's because our novitiate was not here at St. Dominic's at that yes, time. It was and, before that in yeah. two thousand. It was over at uh, St. Albert's in Oakland. And so there's, you know, 50 people in the choir. Yeah. You're, you know, you're a rookie, you're a new guy, you Definitely. get up in front and, and this is the order of preachers. So yeah. you, you at least have that expectation that everyone has just got, you know, just a very powerful speaking presence yes. and you get up there and, and, uh, you know, I, I did the best I, I could, or at least, uh, you know, with kind of shaky voice and. And so I remember later on that day after my first kind of reading of the Office of Readings of Father Jerry, I met him kind of coming down the hallway and, and he looked at me. And he said, he said, oh, you're, you're new. And I was like, yeah, I'm a novice <laughs> father. <laughs> you know? and, and he said, that voice. Ah. He says, we're going to put that voice that the Lord is going to use that voice so you just keep going. And I have to say, for someone who was just starting out, just that little wow. word of encouragement, <laughs> that little little word of encouragement was really um, uh, formative for me. I thought, wow, here's someone who's been doing this. For, and I, 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 I later found out he was... Um, one of the he won. Uh, there was like a speech competition and a national That's right. speech competition, That's right. and and he and Father Fabian actually That's were right. and as high schoolers were one and two in in the yeah. country, and he was one. He was one once one of the greatest um, yeah. ordinary presence, mm-hmm. uh, at least at that time in in the church. Uh, perhaps not well known, but but for us as Dominicans, kind of legendary. Yeah, and, a legend. And, and so to have him kind of name that yeah. <laughs> for me, like, oh yeah, the Lord's going to use. You. I can see. I can see the Lord is has 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 given. You at least, at least, maybe perhaps a natural talent, or at least that idea of a presence. Uh-huh. And I thought, yeah. I thought, oh wow! So that was that was that was that was very encouraging. And here we are now on a podcast. Right? There you go. So, <laughs> Little so did you know how the voice of preaching. Right there you so, go. Exactly. So I mean, so let's go through. I mean, on the as we celebrate, as we look forward to November seventh and eighth, uh, Dominican All Souls and All Saints. I mean, what are those? I mean, we've mentioned a few of the the legends of the past. But so, what are those legends of the past you want to talk about today? Yeah. So we have the fir- the first day, of course, is the saints so i mean mm-hmm. when you talk about saints they're, they're like catholic saints are like um apps on your on your smartphone like there's a there they say there's an app for that there's a saint for that, there's a saint for that. <laughs> whatever your walk of life or interest or vocation or calling yeah. th- there's a catholic saint for that and even within the dominican order there are certainly um ways in which uh, whatever expression of Dominican life or that spiritual tradition that uh, is particular to Dominicans, uh, there's a saint that can be an inspiration right, uh, to true. you. So you think of, you know, the, there's great, you know, preachers like uh, Dominic or St. Vincent Ferrer, who was mm-hmm. called the angel of the, the apocalypse. apocalypse. Exactly. <laughs> I always oh, want yes. to, you know, he, he starts his, he, he's called that because he, he, he starts his, one of his homilies like that. He starts yes. off by saying, I am the angel of the apocalypse. So I've always wanted to start a homily. What do you think? Should I start one day? I should just get up. Maybe on his feast. I'll when get are up you preaching next? I don't know. It's this <laughs> coming Sunday. I think, I think right? so. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, so maybe I'll start. To, <laughs> maybe I'll start this weekend's sermon by saying, 
I am the, the angel, angel of the apocalypse. apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that got everyone's attention and earned him a nickname. But yeah. one of one of the one of the greatest uh, revival we might call him contemporary, like a revival preacher, because yeah. he basically he was he was that spark or that flame yeah. which set Europe on fire again during exactly. a uh, during a time where there were three popes. There was a, yeah. the the kind of split in the yeah. church. Uh, talking about the days of Catherine of Siena. And, yeah, and even so in forth. the order was there was yeah. a yeah there was split, a, there was so, a split in the order yeah, yeah exactly so. in terms of who who to back in terms of the papacy so he was powerful preacher so you got preachers right. in the order that that certainly you've got um like well, just the name saint saint catherine and, and saint martin saint mystics martin. those yeah. who have really a sensitivity towards the mystical life and the prayer life but True. combined that sense of deep spirituality and, and rich mysticism with a real practicality I mean, you have folks who write the dialogues of St. Catherine where uh, Christ uh, speaks to her soul and she has this great insight that God himself is closer to us than we are to ourselves. And I'm like, wow, that's... We're pretty close to ourselves and for God to be the inner workings of of our heart and our being. Uh, What a deep... rich matter for contemplation and and terms of our connection with the Lord. But then she combines that by being hands-on when dealing with the black the bubonic plague, right? right? Mm-hmm. And, and ministering, caring for those in physical uh, need, not just in spiritual need. Martin de Porras, right? Martin de Porras, yeah. Once again, a, a, once again he's not, he's, he's a, a lay uh, brother, mm-hmm. and he uh, certainly has cared, very famous uh, in different parts of the world, from coming from Lima, Peru, of caring for those who are uh, physically uh, in any way uh, ill, and especially those who are impoverished. So we've mm-hmm. got those. We've got great sci- Albert the Great and science, people of science. Um, you've got even, I, I'll just mention him just as a, you can look at him, maybe we'll have a pod on him. You can have a whole pod on um, Blessed uh, Bartolo Longo. Longo, yes. Yeah, who's... The Apostle uh, of the Rosary. Exactly. Yeah. We just yeah. had the rosary, but uh, he, he's his backstory is interesting because he, uh, at a certain point uh, in college, kind of left the faith a bit in order to dabble in kind of witchcraft and the occult. Exactly. And is ordained... He was a, a satanic priest. A satanic yeah. priest. Yeah. And ultimately has this kind of great reversion through the Dominicans and is, is uh, enters the Dominican laity, the, the so-called mm-hmm. third order, and ends up um, uh, founding what becomes Our Lady of Pompeii, which is one of the most visited Marian sites in the world and who is the most quoted person in the encyclical or the apostolic exhortation on the luminous mysteries of the rosary that Pope St. John Paul II put it. But Bartolo Longo yeah. is the satanic priest turned Dominican. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, so that story is, is, is rich. But these are the people that we yeah. we, we honored just thinking about. And, and I think of all the martyrs. And I, when, when counting the number of Dominican martyrs over the centuries, yeah. you're talking about thousands upon thousands. Yeah, thousands upon thousands. Every generation has mm-hmm. known uh, you know, uh, a whole handful of men and women who have literally risked their lives in, in India and in, in the Far East, uh, in, the, yeah. in, in these days, the Middle East. The Middle East as well. Yeah. Um, I was, mm-hmm. When I was in, in, in Rona a couple of years ago, they, there was uh, someone who had studied at the Angelicum there uh, who had gone back uh, to uh, places where ISIS uh, had at that right. time a, str- a stranglehold and, and had actually given his life was a martyr explicitly for the faith in, in, yeah. in the last you know 10 years so you've you've got living examples of this and yeah. so we celebrate there's not we, we can't celebrate there's only 365 days of the year yeah. you there's can't no have way. a saint every day you've got literally you know 10,000 saints and blessed so this is that day when we celebrate all those who can be an inspiration to us and the reason we celebrate the saints is is not simply to admire wow they did great things but to know that we can ask them for help and not only that they give us an insight into all the various ways 
that holiness is possible. In other words, they're not just one way to holiness. Right, exactly. They're not just one way in which God mm-hmm. can act in our lives. The variety, if you will, of different right. paths to holiness, it's almost as St. Augustine has this image to paraphrase, where the number of saints lets us know that although Christ talks about the way being narrow, the fact mm-hmm. is with all the saints tromping along that narrow way, they actually widen it for us exactly. in the sense yeah. of showing the very varied splendid way in which we might follow the path is widened by the very the very kind of variety of holiness and virtue that's exemplified in the saints life. Well, I mean, the, the, the road may be narrow, but it sure is tall. Exactly. Right? There <laughs> you go. Exactly. Yeah. There's depth to it, right? And there's so many different paths that you might go. So. Yeah. So, so yeah, what so about this is the within the province too? I mean, I mean, I'm sure that there have been men in the province and women within uh, of our Dominican sisters that probably inspired you on your way. I mean, I can think of a couple myself, but yeah, who inspired? So you, uh, we talked about Father Fabian. What was Fa- Father Fabian was was, was oh for me, Father yeah. Fabian was my personal uh, Saint Antoninus. So oh nice. So Antoninus of uh, of Florence, he was uh, he was uh, uh, the prior of San Marco and the Bishop of Florence eventually, but. But um, he inspired Fra Angelico, the famed Fra Angelico, to um, paint all these frescoes throughout the, throughout, um, for the Vatican and for the Priory in San Marcos um, at the opposition of many of the brothers. Um, they didn't, some of the brothers didn't exactly were really too keen. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> why, why was he wasting his time painting walls when he should be out preaching? Preaching and right? doing baptisms and converting <laughs> souls, right? Exactly. So, um, so St. Saint Antoninus, he saw that there was something else deeper going on and and father fabian he himself had his own doctorate from oxford literature guy i was um i and a few other brothers were given the honor the true honor of of being students of the final class that father fabian actually taught on chaucer um and uh got to know about um about everything chaucer jeffrey chaucer because of father fabian his canterbury tales canterbury tales and uh, it was just absolutely fabulous. I'm reading, um, reading and reciting Canterbury's tales in the original English, just fantastic. And um, and for myself, whether he knew it or not, he was a true inspiration to help me uh, go back to my own writing mm. and to find my one of the ways that I can to preach is I can preach as well as to um, whether it be writing things for a bulletin or doing um, writing short stories and novels myself. So he was a true inspiration for me. So Father Fabian, pray for me wherever you are. So, <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now that's, that's a beautiful story. Uh, there, certainly I, I think of the ways that I mentioned Father Jerry, that's just that mm-hmm. a moment of a, a novitiate, but, but even um, those like Father Felix, you know, more, right. more proximate to perhaps parishioners uh, who knew him and actually uh, coming up, I think his anniversary of his death two years ago, it'll yeah. be on the, um, I think it's on the 14th or the 15th. Yeah, it's um, coming up. I think, yeah, it's the 15th. I have to check that. But the, um, so it's, it's, it's this uh, next coming the week. 13th. The 13th. November 13th. November 13th, yeah. So he, he, and it just, just, I mean, just the ways in which he just, he very radiated, talking about the vision of the parish radiating the joy of the Talk gospel. Talk about someone who could radiate joy. <laughs> exactly. That's his name's mean, his name Felix, right? It means exactly. happy yeah. <laughs> and joyful. And that's exactly yes. who he was. Um, but th- that idea that uh, you don't have to be a canonized saint mm-hmm. for someone to ask for their intercession. Right. In fact, the catechism makes it clear. I love the catechism where it says that our prayers for our beloved departed, make their prayers for us effective. And I take that to mean that certainly we don't have any scientific uh, or absolute knowledge of if where people are in their journey as, as they, if they've gone forth from us. But so we can, in a sense, both pray to them, ask for their inspiration if they indeed are, 
in their heavenly homeland, yeah. or if they're on that way, on that journey, mm-hmm. our prayers can actually make a difference uh, for them. So we've yeah. got our, our altar, our purgatory altar, which is in the church where we have candles, and, and on that altar is... Father Felix. There's, and there are always candles, at always. least six candles in front of him. So, always, yeah. So there's always people praying, asking for his intercessions. It's yep. beautiful. Yeah, so we both pray too. Because he did tell me, though, if he says, don't you... <laughs> he basically, it, to paraphrase, told me not to pray to him too quickly, make sure we cover praying for him. <laughs> he was under no illusion there. Exactly. <laughs> Got the sense he might haunt us if we don't pray for him too he wanted he wanted support he didn't think it was beyond that which is just his his own humility in that that way so so i don't neglect that brother because i'm praying for you too but that doesn't necessarily rule out or that's certainly not at odds with uh praying too so yeah true i mean for me myself i for myself uh this is something that's well pretty recent in my own development in my own spirituality of uh when i go hear confessions i uh make a stop at the purgatory altar. Oh, yeah, it's right like, on the way there. It's on the way, right? Yeah. So I take a quick prayer to Felix. It's, okay. it's like, I don't know how many are coming, but I know you're going to be with me, so be with me, brothers. And then I just kind of go into my confessional and see what happens. And and his confessional, I mean, I kind of uh, touch the door as I go into my own confessional, and it's nice. yeah, I know that, doing Father Felix thing. That, right? That's a great idea because he really is, at least for, for us locally, a kind of patron saint of confessors. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was mine. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's, as, as I put it, he would, he would uh, often, and this is not revealing anything, but <laughs> he had such an encouraging word. It was almost like he was congratulating you for your sins <laughs> in the best possible I'm way. I'm so like, happy you're here. Exactly. That's what you say. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. Exactly. So happy that you've come. And I'm thinking, oh, I guess I'm glad to be here, even yeah. though I'm mm-hmm. shamefaced and embarrassed about my own of failings and faults he was just like oh i'm so happy you've come back i'm like oh good i guess i should be happy too (laughs) the lord's gonna i'm gonna experience the lord's mercy so no he had a a real gentle insightful and joyful way of of being an instrument of god's mercy that certainly we that's that's a good idea maybe as 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 i go through to kind of because our confessionals are right there and his name is still still there on the door just to say a quick prayer that's a that's a good one yeah i don't think we actually i mean in my own personal opinion i'm not sure what would happen if we actually turned that over to another friar yeah no i know it'll (laughs) it'll we'll we'll, we'll let the people of god make that decision (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true so let's see what god says right so that's exactly right his people Right. Exactly. So no, and this whole I mean, I, as you go in the uh, going back to the cemetery, that place where, uh, with just very few exceptions, everyone from the Dominican province here on the west coast, the holy name of Jesus is buried. I, you walk in the the, the circles because they're 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 arranged in circles. Right. Uh, the, the headstones. This is in Benicia. Yeah. yeah. You just you just walk in it, and now it's it's gotten to be. Gosh, in the, my time in the order now, yeah. it's actually we're reaching into like almost the second a second half of the quarter of the circle. Mm-hmm. And so as you walk down, you almost, uh, every time I go to the cemetery, it's it's a little bit, it, not just nostalgic, but it, it makes presence the, uh, the vocational call through other people. Because the Lord doesn't just call us you know, through an immediate revelation oftentimes, uh-huh. but it's through others. And so as yeah. I, as I go from Father Jerry Eller all the way down mm-hmm. the successive headstones, you, you, yeah. you recollect the interaction you had with different brothers Definitely. and, and yeah. some, sometimes profound, other times just amusing, yeah. <laughs> other <True>. times challenging, <laughs> right? Yeah. other times, you know, and very rarely is, is there's not a, a story or a memory that is made present. The Lord's, um, call to, to, to preach in various ways. So it's, it's just a, a rich treasure I think we have in terms of these days of saints and souls. Yeah, and, and for us, for the Order of Preachers, I mean, um, as for us, for church, I mean, this is, this month of November is that time where we 
yes, we do pray for our dead, and we would have those uh, prayers of the dead at the at the altars, at the lay chapel on the main altar every single day, every single time we have mass. But uh, but at the same time, it's also a time where we can recollect and uh, deepen our spiritual lives and just uh, deepen our relationship with those who have gone before us. Truly, yeah. And just just to be clear, in the church over on the purgatory altar, we were speaking of that has that that image of Father Felix and the candles. There's a book of of uh, our faithful departed, the dead. And if you'd like, and you haven't yet done it, you can simply inscribe and write uh, the names of those who have deceased. I, I write uh, my own relatives in there. Here. Yeah. And then in the pews, all through the month, we have little envelopes uh, for the holy souls. And on the inner flap, you have an opportunity to write the names of any deceased members of family or loved ones and simply turn it back into the office yeah. or uh, put it in the collection and uh, collecting all of those envelopes and then placing them on the altar with that intention all through the masses in November. Mm-hmm. So it's not too late, even though yeah. we certainly have celebrated all souls this last week because uh, Dominicans, we have all souls coming up for ourselves and all through the month for every of our masses, we remember those who have faithfully departed. So you're certainly welcome to, it's never too late to join in and to exactly. experience the richness of this tr- devotion that we have as Catholics and in a very particular way, that kind of special, unique insight into the fact that we're all uh, gathered in God's holy family, yeah, not just in space, but also through time, that yeah. vertical connection. Horizontal and vertical, right? There you go, exactly. So, I mean, so we're nearly, nearing the end of our time. Is there anything else you want to bring up, Father Michael? Well, I just want to know, how, how is the candy completely gone, or do I still have a chance? <laughs> um, well, As I come I, out of my sugar coma for the I <laughs> accidentally, on purpose, put one of the boxes into the novice record. Oh, good so I'm so. not sure yet. Um, so if there's no novices at the evening mass because they're all asleep, well, that's probably my fault. I still can't get over the Three Musketeers. Is your, we're, like a, we're, just, we're like a great combination because the candy I don't really care for. You care for and I'll the, take and, that. Yeah, you'll take that. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm like, it's, 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 so it's a nice, it's a nice blend. It's a nice, it's a nice blend. It's that. good to work with you too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, it's like <laughs> mutual shared disinterests. Yeah, mutual <laughs> disdain us, for certain candies, so you just give it to the other guy. Exactly, Jack. <laughs> it's the old uh, what's that, Jack Spratt? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh, I think we've devolved a little bit, but yeah. But Before we unwrap, uh, this gets completely unraveled. So yeah. I just wanted to let you know, Father Michael, that's been a great fun. It's a great joy, and and my dear friends, if you want to uh, like to help us out with the podcast with Saint Dominic's Weekly, um, subscribe, share the podcast with others, tell everybody about it, and you know, if you even have ideas for show ideas, just email Father Michael or myself, and we'll. We'll, we'll gladly uh, consider them for upcoming episodes. I, I am amazed by the number of folks who have connected uh, to the church uh, through the podcast. In fact, yeah. after Sunday Mass last week, someone came up to me and said uh, they were uh, interested to hear my voice because they said, oh, I've been listening to you <laughs> this last week. And so to hear you live in person was kind of an interesting um, experience because they'd never been to the yeah. church. They found, oh. In other words, they found the church through, through the, the website, the website oh. which has okay. the po- link to the podcast. And okay. so they'd heard the podcast and heard heard our our little uh, holy banter, such as it is. and, it's and Exactly, the repartee, exactly. That's a good word. And so, so uh, this is the face behind the voice. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so so I am, a, and they, how did they discover it? It was shared. It was shared through Facebook. And so certainly sh- like it, share it, subscribe, um, get the word out. Hopefully uh, we are preaching the gospel in these in these kind of uh, contemporary ways in order to bring Christ alive. Okay. So, um, so please do so. And uh, if you have any ideas, just let uh, Father Michael, I know for any future ideas. So, Father Michael, 
take us out. Very good. So may this week we truly radiate the joy of the gospel here in the heart of the city. Amen. Amen.